Hey, this is Allison, and welcome to the Inspire Budget Podcast, where we talk all things budgeting, debt, and saving money. I have a little bit of a special episode for you. This is actually releasing on Thanksgiving Day, so happy Thanksgiving to all of my fellow Americans out there. And instead of having a traditional regular episode, I thought it would be fun to actually replay an episode from my other podcast, This Is Awkward. That is a podcast that I host with my good dear friend, Chris Browning, and it's basically where we get people that ride in or call in with their awkward money situations and we talk about them. I thought this would be a fun way to introduce you to This Is Awkward. You can go ahead and listen to the episode right after this one, and then if you like it, feel free to head over and just type in This Is Awkward into your favorite podcast app, and you can check us out over there as well. Enjoy. So our family took a vacation to Big Bend National Park, which is this huge national park in Texas, and it's on the border of Texas and Mexico. And we, it's like really out there. You don't have any cell service, no connection whatsoever. And we kayaked two miles upriver to this really cool canyon um, where we could have lunch. And no one's around, it's just our family and another family. I went ahead, I went ahead with my youngest son, James, to spot out the canyon and wait for everyone else because he was in my kayak with me. And as I'm walking into the canyon, I'm admiring just how beautiful it really is and how wonderful nature is. And then all of a sudden, I start sinking in quicksand. Hey, this is Chris. And this is Allison, and you're listening to This Is Awkward. So, we we had talked about this story before, Allison. Yeah, it was I, scary. I told you that I thought quicksand was fake. I didn't know that it was real, that like that's a real thing that could happen to you. I thought it was only in cartoons, or like Indiana Jones, where people get stuck in quicksand. Like, Indiana this is a, Jones. This is a real thing? <laughs> it really is, and I, I really, I mean, I guess the last time I even thought about quicksand was whenever, I don't know, Bugs Bunny or someone thinking it. I don't know. I, funny story. I told this story to my friend Sarah, and she's like, well, didn't you research how to get out of quicksand whenever you were little? And I'm like, no. No, I didn't. So I didn't research your, how to get out of quicksand. Your friend had had researched this when they were a kid and still retained that information as an adult? Oh, yeah. She knew exactly the steps. And like, let me tell you, I have researched quicksand now. And she was correct on the steps you do to get out of quicksand. But I didn't know. I knew you didn't move, right? I knew you froze. You just so stopped. here I am. Yeah, here I am with a six-year-old child who thankfully isn't in, didn't follow me into the quicksand, right? Yeah. Then you were and really good at freaking. And we're in this canyon along the Rio Grande River, and you can't see where everyone else is because we walked into a canyon. Yeah. And so I kept telling him, go back, go back and tell, go back and tell daddy, it's an emergency, come now. And he was screaming, but because of the way the canyon walls were so high, Matt was like a hundred yards away and couldn't hear him. Mm. So he would come back to me and I said, go back again, tell him mommy is sinking. Mommy is sinking. He would go back and he didn't hear him. He came, come back to me. He's coming. He's coming. Little did he know he didn't, he couldn't hear him. Anyway, Matt finally leisurely, you know, <laughs> kayaked his way over. And leisurely I was probably, it's, it felt very leisure to me. Um, but I was in there for probably about five minutes and he turned the corner and he was like, she really is sinking. Cause he had gone back. And when he pulled up his kayak and so he had to pull me out 
of quicksand. Wait, so how how deep in were you? Like how how far in? Were you like was so, it like up to here? Was it like a baby toe? How far into the quicksand were you? Oh, it was just to my ankles. No, it was not just a baby <laughs> toe. It was not just to my ankles. I sank all the way down to my knees. So mm. typically that's where, he, okay, I've done a lot of research. That's typically where people will sink to because of the something about the density of the quicksand and human bodies. However, mm. I had nothing near me that I could pull on to pull myself out. So imagine you're stepping into a puddle right? But you step into the middle of the puddle. So I'm stuck in the middle of the quicksand and up to my knees. And if I had, I didn't have anything to grab onto to pull myself out. And if I had tried to use my arms to like lean back and pull myself out, my arms would have been in quicksand too, Uh, because I was too far into like, like walked into the quicksand pit, if you will. Um, but it is like a legit thing. They have it all the way from Alaska down to Florida. And it happens when (laughs) I've done so much research. It happens whenever the water near like a swamp or like a river has recently receded Hmm. and the top of the earth looks like cracked. It looks just like cracked. Like you would like, it's like dried. It dry. It looks just like it's dry. It is dry cracked earth, but underneath that surface, it is just sinking mud. And I mean, the moment I stepped in, it was like, had this suction and it was very scary. And it was, I wouldn't say it was awkward. I would say I was terrified. Mm. Um, there was, there are like 500 deaths either in a year of from quicksand or of all time. I don't remember, but that sounds like 500 too many. You know, that's a big difference. Like 500 (laughs) for the history of quicksand deaths, (laughs) breaker keeping, or if it's just this year, that makes a huge difference. There are YouTube videos about it being along the Rio Grande. Like, but we had, we had kayaked so far down that, you know, we were just like in danger. Mm. Okay. Cause in the, in the movies though, if this was a movie, this is where like a vine would like fall from the sky, from the ceiling of the cave and you would grab it and you would swing your way out of the quicksand. I could not reach anything. No vines magically appeared. It was very rude of Mexico. And so then, (laughs) so then my son, James, because we were like, oh, we're on Mexico's side. Like the day before we had gone on another part of the river down Mexico's side. And we were like, oh, ha ha, you're in Mexico. Like, look, we got, we're able to come without a passport. I mean, but really like you're just on the Rio Grande River. And he's, you know, he's crying because he's seeing mommy have to get pulled out of quicksand. He goes, I don't like Mexico. It's dangerous. <laughs> and I was like, no, Cancun's beautiful. Like, we'll take you there one day. I promise. I'm like, not all of Mexico is bad. Just this one little patch so and he, some other patches. So from now on, he thinks that Mexico is just quick, 100% quicksand. That's what he's going to think. Probably. Yeah. And then he went back and told his kindergarten teacher. I'm pretty sure she thinks he's lying. Because <laughs> I thought you were lying, too. Who would think that you walked into quicksand? You thought I was lying. Lying? I thought you were exaggerating. I was like, really quicksand? No. Quicksand doesn't exist. You just stepped in wet sand. I didn't know idea it was a real thing. It exists. It exists. It's crazy. So that's my awkward, uncomfortable, scary, crazy story. But this is what I said on the way home after I was, you know, recovered from the trauma as my, you know, and James was still really upset about it. And I say trauma. I mean, it was, it was okay. Everything, everything ended up okay. There were some tears, but I said, you know, you don't end up you don't end up stepping in quicksand if you don't take like uh what was it? Risks. I didn't say risks. I said um, adventures. 
adventures. If you don't have a life full of adventures, like, you know, that's how you end up in quicksand. And the lesson that he took from that and I took from that is don't go on adventures, (laughs) stay at home. No quicksand in my house. I can tell you that much. Whenever I I told him, like, oh, but now, you know, mommy leads an adventurous life. You know, she's been skydiving. Oh, yeah. I've done, you know, I I just, so I get to add one more thing to it. Stepping in quicksand. Yeah. Sinking in quicksand. Oh, well, okay. Well, you know what? That, That sounds pretty awkward pretty yeah awkward. but not dying in quicksand so take that quicksand <laughs> one for allison zero for yeah quicksand. <laughs> exactly or one for allison 550 for quicksand oh now you made it sad that's just that's i'm not, sorry that's not even funny. i'm sorry well you know what that anyway. i thought what you said before was awkward this is awkward and yeah this show we're that. on right now it's called this is awkward and what we do here is we talk about your your, your non-quicksand related money awkward situations and hopefully help you get through it without losing your friends and family along the way yes and if you want to be part of your show we would love for you to call in and share your awkward money story you can call us at 707-282-59 just leave a voicemail you don't have to have this long conversation with us we won't make it awkward i promise or (laughs) you can send us a dm on instagram at this is awkward podcast yeah and i'll do this like i did it to you last time we were uh recording live want to call i have my phone sitting right here with my one division background allison if you want to call <laughs> i thought you said one division one, i was like is this a new band no one duh i still need to watch that oh don't that's not you know what i don't want to get started on the fact that you haven't watched that show oh, anyway anyways allison <laughs> today's today's episode we're going to be talking about a, a caller whose friend is not being very mindful of the fact that they like to spend money and their friend doesn't. Uh, I'll just leave it at that before we get into the actual topic. This is actually a very relatable topic. And we will get into that right after we take a quick break. So as is usual, Allison, for our first break, we want to tell people about our Patreon. Yes, it's so awesome. Did you know we had a Patreon? Whoever's watching live, did you know? Did you know we had one? Because we do, and it is awesome. This is basically where you get bonus episodes and bonus content from us that not everyone gets to hear. Yeah, exactly. We put out at least two extra bonus episodes every month, and we cover things like the very first podcast we ever did. We actually shared it with the main feed this past week, and mm-hmm. we, we went through and we revisited our very first episode and just criticized ourselves constantly about <laughs> the horrible mistakes we made in and the we very also first praised, episode. We also praised and loved on ourselves and, and noticed how much we've grown. Mm, that's a better spin. I just like laughing at the fact that we chose to talk about books and walking for what we're loving in the very first episode. Okay, what I'm loving is a book today, so maybe I should change it now. Mm, yeah, I bet you would <laughs> learn from that. <laughs> oh, but anyways, sorry, as we get back on track here. Oh uh, yeah, we put out at least two bonus episodes every month covering uh, past episodes. We do follow-ups on previous callers and their awkward money situations, and we let you reach out to us through Discord or directly on Patreon to let us know what you want to hear from us in future episodes or where you'd like us to go with the show. Absolutely. And what's so great is that there is a plan for every budget. Tiers start at just $5, those monthly memberships, and it just helps us keep this podcast running um, successfully. Yeah, exactly. So if you would like to support what we're doing here, you can go to patreon.com slash this is awkward podcast. 
Do you want to take the reins here and get us into the, uh, our call for the day? I guess not a call. I, I call everything calls, it, but it, yeah. It's our, our, our listener awkward story. Okay, yes. I'm going to go ahead and dive in. Here's what it says. She wrote in and said, Hi, Chris and Allison. My friend likes to go out and spend money. For example, she wanted me to go to a museum with her, but it would have cost $40 and then we would have to pay for dinner after. Not only does she make more money than me, but she also doesn't seem to notice that I can't afford what she can. How do I handle this situation when it comes up again? Because it seems to happen often. Oh, you know, I think we've all been in this situation. I don't, I Mm -hmm. I, I know I personally have, I've hung out with people who I know made much more than I did. And so for them to go out and do something that was like, oh, it's no yeah. big deal. Let's go get some food. Let's go to this place. I'm like, do you know how Do you know how much this place costs? Have you looked at the menu? Because yeah. I have. And uh, I don't like where this is going. If they're like, hey, do you want to go out and buy some diamond earrings, diamond <laughs> rings? And you're like, do you know how much diamonds cost? Do you? I've bought one in my life. Wait, did you buy Vina a diamond? You uh, bought her something special. She wanted a pearl ring, but there are some little, little baby diamonds around it. Okay, well, that's fair. <laughs> Um, I think I've definitely been in this situation as well. I, I honestly don't like, I can't fully remember. I can't like, like specifically think of one situation, but I know this is something that people encounter. Like, I just, I know it. I know that you, luckily, if you are listening to this right now, I'm guessing there has been a time whenever you've gone out to dinner and, you know, it's really expensive. And instead of you paying for what you want to pay for, right, they say, oh, let's just split it equally. Let's just divide it by four. And you're like, uh-uh, I ordered that side salad for and water for dinner, right? It's oh, like- Oh, I hate that so much. Yeah, they're just unaware. Sometimes, sometimes I think that our friends- they're just not aware. You know, people naturally are very, um, I don't want to use the word self-absorbed, but people are naturally, I mean, that's not, you know, but like it's human nature to think about yourself. Yeah. You, right. You're, and yeah, you're living in your own kind of world, like your own yeah, bubble of, of reality. Exactly. And sometimes, especially when it comes to money, it's hard to almost remove yourself from your own bubble, your own reality, and to actually think, wait a minute, how is this going to affect my friend who is a teacher and I am a lawyer? I don't know if those were (laughs) super like cliche uh, job titles I just gave out. But, you know, I think that sometimes that's hard. Yeah, it is. I think, I mean, not to get not to get too serious on this podcast, but I think it kind of shows kind of like the economic inequality issues we have in the country. It's like, because once you get used to a certain standard of living, it just becomes normal. Like, that's your baseline mm-hmm. now. Like, I go out and eat $40 lunches. That becomes your baseline now. I don't, mm-hmm. but I'm sure somebody does. And, and, and that becomes normal. So now for you, the thought of going to this place, I'm sure with this friend, it's like, oh, I'm, this is what I do all the time. It's, you know, it's just forty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the big deal? But for someone whose lunches cost eight dollars, like, I don't want to bump that up. You know, thirty-two dollars. So, I think it, you just kind of lose your frame of reference changes compared to yes. other people. I think that's a really good point. Actually, I was talking with my business coach. I have a business coach. She was talking to me about comparing ourselves to others mm-hmm. and how we feel this norm. And once we, when we're sitting in this norm and this is, this life is our norm, anytime we see something that is more expensive or someone who's making more money than us, we're like, I, I can't even believe it. I can't believe that they would make this much money or mm-hmm. you know, buy this or something like that. But then if we move up 
in scale and we end up making that money, that becomes our norm. And we automatically look above us as well and says, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. I can't believe it. So I think that it's definitely human nature to sit in your norm, but it's almost like reverse because now it's looking at others, whether they are, or, you know, horizontal to you, below you, everything. I don't want to say below you, but I'm talking like making money, earning potential, all Mm -hmm. those things. If, if you don't talk about money often and you're not in those conversations, you might not even be aware that something's different between you and your friend. Yeah, exactly. And I think, so in, in this, the message we received, we didn't get a lot of other details. I mean, it happens often where we kind of have to infer what else we think is going yeah, on in these situations. Do. Um, but I don't know if the person who sent in the message, if they have approached the friend about this mm-hmm. and made a comment. Because I think when you're the person who's, you know, not wanting to spend more money, I think there's another layer of, of complexity on this because then you don't want to look cheap or broke mm-hmm. by telling the person that you or, can't afford these things or you don't want to, you can't spend as much money. Right. Or have like that pity, right? Like yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to have that pity or think like, oh, poor you. Cause it's not, it, you might not even be unhappy with the way your money, your exactly. financial situation is. It's just that your friend makes more money than you. So let's approach this, Chris. I think it'd be interesting for us to approach it in two different ways. The first way as your friend is aware right? Aware that you make less money, that you're on this budget, those types of things. And then let's approach it, approach it in the situation where they have no earthly clue. Mm, And how do you have that first conversation, that initial conversation, right? That's typically the harder one. Let's talk about that. Ooh. Okay. All right. So we're going to go with the first example that they're they're aware, right? Is that the one? They're aware. Okay. Yeah. In this situation, the friend knows that they've already had the conversation. They know that you don't necessarily want to spend this much money, but mm-hmm. yet they still recommend doing it anyways. Yeah. How do you approach this? Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. Let's pretend that. All right. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? No, you go. You're on a roll. Oh, am I? Okay. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm going to disappoint you now. Uh, so if, if I'm in this situation, I think at that point you need to be proactive. And I think I might've heard this from you. This might, I may just be repeating your own uh, suggestions. If it's back to good you. advice, if it's good advice, you did hear from me. <laughs> if this sounds great, then yes, this came from Allison. Uh, so I would then take the lead and make the recommendations in. So I would say, mm-hmm. this is what hey, I, I think we should go here for lunch. Or I think we should do this this week. Cause I think the one of the first mm-hmm. examples or one of the examples that the writer gave was about going to a museum that was expensive. I would, yeah. I would maybe take the lead on planning events and say, hey, I for this weekend, let's go, let's go to this museum that I found. That's yeah. gonna be free. And then let's go to this like, you know, nice sandwich place that's around the corner that I know it's gonna be like ten bucks at most. Right. And Instead can, of the Met, let's hit up the children's museum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, give give reasonable options so that way they can't uh hop in and you have to be the one that's like, I can't afford this. And it it removes that little bit of awkwardness for you of having to be the one that says, I I, I can't uh, afford this. No, no, you I don't mean, like that one? I, that's a great idea. I think that's just skirting around it. I think I, I mean, you know, if I'm being like, honest, if I'm being honest, <laughs> I feel like that's just being like, okay, I feel like this is going to happen. So let me try to like be on the, what would that be? Be on the defense? No, be on the offense. I don't know. But remember, this, Wait, is, me, this is a situation where they know she knows already. The friend knows. That. So then why not just be like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. The museum. 
here's what I would do. I would say, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. The museum right now, I don't have it in my budget. I didn't plan for that. If I have enough advance, I can do it maybe my next pay period. But until then, until then, oh, my Southern accent came out. Until (laughs) then. Until until then, what if we did something that was a little more, you know, like less expensive? Because if you've had the conversation, then the whole point is that you don't have to skirt around it anymore, Chris. You don't have to be on the defensive and be like, oh my gosh, they're about to, they're about to say, let's take the private jet and all I can afford is Southwest. What am I going to do? No, you just say, look, all I can fly is Southwest. I cannot take the private jet with you. Well, I'm easing them into the, I'm easing them into the conversation. I guess I don't have issues easing in the conversation. No, barely, no. (laughs) Well, Leslie in the chat said, let's just go on free Tuesdays. Free Tuesday. There we go. Every museum has some sort of free day. It's usually like, you know, some, some sort of like senior citizen hours or something. I mean, it's perfect for you. (laughs) Look, I like to go to bed early, Chris. Don't you stop calling me like I'm 80 something years old. Anyway. Okay, sorry, let's do the other scenario now. So this is the one where the friend is not aware. So they're just the oblivious. initial conversation. Yes, the like, initial like yes. And this could happen even in a relationship. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like a romantic relationship, a friendship. Um, it could even happen between like parents and children, siblings. This applies everywhere. This, this is just is gold everywhere. right here. Really, you can. So the whole idea is what? They don't know that you are on a budget, that you make less money, and that this is um, difficult for you. Yeah. yeah, expensive for you. Expensive for you to pay for and that you don't want to do it. Okay. All right. You go first that you shot me down. I want you to go first and I'm going to shoot you I didn't down. Shoot you. And then come I up with shoot. a better recommendation. <laughs> I didn't shoot you down. I just said I... Okay. Anyway, so... Oh, gosh. Off the top of my head, I would say something like... Um, you know, gosh, that sounds really fun. I love the idea of going to these types of places. However, I'm, I have set some very exciting financial goals for myself, uh, whether it is to pay off debt, save money, invest, whatever, you know, take back control of you insert financial goal here, right? I have set some of these big financial goals for myself. And because I don't make as much as other people do, or eh, now scratch that. You can say something <laughs> like, because, um, you know, my income, because of where my income currently stands, because of how much money I'm currently making, um, I'm going to have to pass on some of those more expensive things for now so that I can ultimately reach my financial goals. Hmm. That was a fine answer. That was a fine answer. Fine answer. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got better? But what I would say, no, I'm joking. Oh, that, okay. was, that was a good answer. I think because you, you're you're framing it as I'm not doing this because I'm cheap. It's I'm doing this because mm-hmm. I have bigger goals, and this yeah. is going to derail me from those goals. So and I like that. I'm, maybe I'm your goal, and maybe your goal is to freaking you know pay all your bills on time that month. Yeah. Maybe your goal is to you know like get caught up on any any payments you're behind, or to pay off your credit card your balance in full, you know? And so you don't necessarily, if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to go into what those financial goals are. But I think it's important that we have conversations about setting financial goals and the beauty and the, uh, the beauty that, that it is. I mean, maybe I think it's beautiful to set financial goals. It's kind of weird. I, I'll go ahead and throw that out there for sure. I am. I am. I think it's wonderful and beautiful and amazing. But I think that it also opens up conversations for maybe that person to say, 
oh, you know, I also have some financial goals. Like, what is it that you're working towards? Hmm. Let's set up, let's be accountability partners. Like, how can I help you and you can help me kind of thing? Okay. You have, you have a lot of hope for this, uh, for this friend. I think it'd be very understanding. I can see. You think they wouldn't be? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I'm just, I, I I'm like, yeah, my I, friends would be. I'm a little more pessimistic. I think, I think I've had some experiences where I had to just be blunt and just say, I don't want to do it or this is too expensive because, okay, I've been in a situation where I was with some friends who made more than me. Oh, what are you going to say? I want to hear it. You were also hiding your financial no. goals. You didn't want anyone to know <laughs> that you were in debt. You didn't want to tell anyone that you had gotten yourself into this debt. And it was a secret. No, this was different. It was a secret. These people knew. So these oh, people okay. knew that I was paying off debt, that I was like, okay, I, I need to get out of this debt. And uh, one of the guys in particular, I knew he made like significantly more than I made, probably, you know, maybe 40,000 more at, at least than I That's was That's significant. Pretty significant. So yeah. um, I remember they wanted to go eat like this expensive restaurant. It was like, I don't, I think it was like a steakhouse or something. I don't really remember. And I you was, were like, <clears throat> it was Chili's. It was just- <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if they've got the baby back ribs on special tonight or not. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. So it wasn't Chili's. It was some. It was some steakhouse. And I remember being like, you know what? This is this is. I my goal. You know, I'm trying to pay off debt right now. I don't really want to do this. And they're like, oh no, don't worry. We we can go. I was like, we'll pay for it. And I was like, well, I don't want. I don't Ooh. want you to pay for it. Yeah, I'm not comfortable with you paying for my meal. I'd rather we just go somewhere that we can all afford. And it really was like a back and forth where they were like, no, no, let's do it. And I had to like repeatedly kind of just stand my ground and say, you know, because I know it's going to keep coming up. Like, this is not going to be the only time we're going to go out to eat. Yeah. And it's like, am I going to have them pay for my expensive dinner every time we go Every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or you just miss out on those expensive dinners. Yeah. Or or you just say, I'm not going to go. And I didn't want to do that. So it was kind of like just being, I had to be, which I'm not, but I had to be very blunt and say, Mm. you know what, this is too expensive for me. I don't, I can't and I don't want to spend this much money right now. Let's find a more reasonable option. And so mm-hmm. after a bunch of back and forth, that's what we started doing. It's going, they knew if I was going to go with them mm-hmm. to not it recommend to this expensive place again, let's find something that's a little more reasonable. They, they would even say like, they would, it got to a point where they would say, Hey, you want to come out with us after work and don't worry. We checked and this place. Isn't that expensive? Uh, <laughs> I love it. You know, there have been times when family has wanted us to go on trips and things like that. We were like, no, we're not, you know, we can't, like, we cannot, we're not going to sacrifice or, you know, our, we're not going to sacrifice what we are working toward for this. Um, especially if it wasn't something that like we had originally been like, yes, let's do it. You know, if it was something we had planned, it was our, our, the four of us, our family has planned. That's different. Um, but if it's like tagging along on something that someone else originally wanted to do, I don't know. But okay, well, okay, so you might have to be blunt. So I guess either situation, whether it is the first time you've had this conversation or it is um, just a continual reminder of the situation, number one, be willing to be honest, but then also be willing to maybe stand your ground because you don't want, kind of like what Chris said, because he doesn't want to later, you don't want to later resent that friend or have any of these feelings of, you know, resentment come up or anything like that if you decide to go ahead and cave and let them pay for you. And then you're thinking, Oh, I owe them. Right. Yeah, like you exactly. always feel like you owe them. Yeah. yeah I think, so, I think, okay. Yeah. I think those are two options, two ways to handle it. And you kind of judge based off of your friendship and this your, particular person, mm-hmm. which way you think is going <laughs> to end up working out better for you. 
All right, so we are going to, I guess it's time for another break here, Allison. We'll take a quick oh, break. Yes. And then when we come back, we're going to hop into, I guess, your, it's really your favorite segment. This is your thing. It is. This is what you come here for. It's for what I'm loving. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Today's episode of This is Awkward is brought to you by my free resource library. This is where I have lots of printables for you, for you to get started and get yourself organized when it comes to your finances and your money. And you can get access to all of them whenever you sign up for my free budget course. To get access to that, you're going to go to inspirebudget.com slash free dash course, or just click the link in the show notes. So, Allison. Yes, Chris. What's up? What time is it? It is time for What I'm Loving. You can do the sound effects? Oh, yeah. Wait. Nope. <laughs> can you hear this too? <laughs> Their horn is <laughs> way too low. <laughs> your, your sound effect game is lame, but that's okay. <laughs> what I'm Loving isn't. This is when Chris and I share something that is bringing us joy, something that has sparked life back into us this year, this month. This week, it doesn't even matter. And we want to share it with you in hopes that you can either find joy yourself through that same thing or find joy through us enjoying it. I don't know. <laughs> I saw you really searching for it there. <laughs> I know. It was like, wait, what am I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm excited for this week's segment. So why don't you go first, Allison? Because I'm, I know what you want to, want to talk about is going to be very, very boring. So... <laughs> I just let you My get it out of the way first. <laughs> okay. Well, I know what Chris is going to talk about, and it should be the it should be safe for last. So, what I'm loving right now is a book. It is a book. So, if you've been, I know. Be oh, quiet. Hold on, wait, Don't. hold on. Here we go. Wait, wrong one. Wait, here, here what are you doing? There we go. That's for your book. Thank you. It is a book. Um, if you've been listening to the podcast, then you know that maybe a couple episodes ago, I was loving Audible. I still have my Audible subscription. I am reading one more book a month than I was before in 2020, which means I'm reading one book a month, <laughs> which means before I was reading zero books a month. So I'm really, really loving it. And one of the books that I listened to slash read was Believe It by Jamie Kern Lima. So I love this book. She is the founder of It Cosmetics. Do you know what It Cosmetics is? I have never heard of it. Okay. Okay. So it is a makeup line and I have used it before. And basically she built this, this uh, makeup line from her living room and grew it so huge. It became like one of the top selling or the top selling makeup industries or makeup lines in America. And it was purchased by L'Oreal Cosmetics. Ah, okay. Wow. It's so good because it's all about like how she was constantly being told no, like over and over and over again. She was being told no by the people who eventually told her yes, but how she just continued to like hone in on this focus and this purpose and how she knew deep in her gut that this is what she was supposed to do when like the entire world was like, no, no, this is not what you're supposed to do. Um, it was just so incredible. It was, it was very interesting. Oprah's in it. Oprah makes an appearance inside of the book. Really? Uh, yeah. Like, is it her it voice is, too? No, like, wow. like it's, she has a chapter about Oprah. 
and about meeting Oprah and all these things. But it is just very uplifting. And she wraps it all up with basically tying back to you, the reader, and why you have to believe in yourself and how to believe in yourself. And so it's very much filled with just all of these stories. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people probably in the past looked at her and thought, oh, she just like rose to rose to success and maybe she was handed all these things or what, you know, whatever, but they don't see the struggles and the, uh, you know, what went into it, the, to get her to where she was, but it was just very incredible to go back. And then it was also very, the message was very inspiring. Oh, okay. So how much money did she make? I need to know. Uh, oh, I don't remember. It was like $4 billion or something Four. is what they, or something. I don't $4 remember. $4 billion? I want to say I could be totally wrong. I don't remember the actual numbers because that wasn't important to me, Chris. <laughs> what you were was there important for to me? What was important to me was hearing how, you know, how she was continuously told no on this journey, but how she held like close to this purpose. And I mean, also like hearing that it wasn't glamorous, that she would, you know, that her marriage suffered, that her her, you know, just all of these things suffered in her life, her relationship suffered and here is where she is. But then she's also very honest in saying, okay, now that we've sold it, now we have to repair and spend time working on these relationships because they were abandoned for so long. And I love the truth in that, right? Mm -hmm. The truth in that, um, like emotionally, maybe things weren't well and, not making it out to be like, oh, it was just this like super easy, amazing thing. And I don't know. So yeah, I think sometimes you see these stories of like mm -hmm. people getting like extremely wealthy, like $4 billion wealthy. And <laughs> you, I guess it just seems like it just happened. So it is interesting hearing yeah. these stories. Like I like the, um, the podcast, How I Built This. Yes. Um, and like hearing these stories of like these companies that you know of, you recognize these brands, but then you're hearing mm -hmm. like all the craziness and the struggles that went to them getting to that point. Yeah, like years and years. Like she was do, working on this for like 10 years or something. So yeah. it was really good. I highly recommend it. I really liked listening to it because it was her reading it. I love audiobooks whenever it's the author reading it. Um, so anyway, yeah, check it out. Hmm. No, I like that. It is a little more personal when you hear them. Hear the author yeah. in there. Um, it is. Oh, wait. I think I think you know about Libby, but Leslie said, hey, do you know about, uh, does your library have Libby? Yes. So we actually, we do have the Libby app. We do. My issue is that what I want is usually like new releases mm. and there's like a hundred people on wait list. So yeah. I decided, um, I decided this year, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to write this as a line item in my budget. And then on Audible, they have a whole bunch of other free books um, that you can listen to that are just come with your subscription. So sometimes I'll listen to those. If I finish the book early, like hers, I finished it really early. Um, and then I go back and I listen to old books again, but those are more like usually self-development books that, you know, not like fictional stories. Yeah. You're not going back and listening to Harry Potter over and over. On, no, on loop. no, no, not that. You know, so, I, okay. I, I recently, <clears throat> I recently got a book from audible when my wife gave it to me for mm -hmm. my birthday. Um, is it's this is like probably one of the most inspirational stories I've ever heard. What is it? So, um, the main character's name is Anakin, um, and he had been struggling because he was trying to balance between his career and his family life, and it was his, his career was supposed to be something that he devoted his life to, and mm -hmm. so you know he committed himself, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Jedi Order, 
And but at the same oh time, my God. the dark side was calling him because for the power oh. to save his wife. And so, you know, it was uh, it's, it's one of the most inspirational stories I've, I've heard in a long time. I just listened to it. Over oh, this past week. you know, I what? I didn't even get it when you said Anakin. I was like, that's an interesting name. It must be from the 1800s or maybe it's set in the future. Oh, oh, my God. Star Wars Episode three, Revenge of the Sith. It was a great audio book. Okay, moving on. Just what saying. are you loving? <laughs> and, yes, Anakin. <laughs> okay, what are you loving, Chris? <laughs> oh, okay, <clears throat> Michelle knew. All right, in all seriousness, okay, what what I'm loving this week um, is Joshua Tree Tiny House. Is that the name of it? Like, if you Google it, it'll no, come up. I just I did I couldn't think of oh. what to type there, so I put Joshua Tree Tiny House. I was like, that pretty much sums up all the details of what's going on. Okay. Uh, it was my birthday last week, and I have this mild obsession with tiny homes. I don't know why. I just I I think it's just mm-hmm. the fact that people are choosing a more minimalistic lifestyle, and these homes mm-hmm. are normally designed really well. Like you know, they're very intentionally designed because they're going to be small. They're normally under four hundred square feet, so they're doing like you know, cool, interesting yeah. things with with these spaces. So whenever I have a chance to go try to find one to stay in, I'll do it. Uh, so this is the third tiny house I've ever stayed in. We stayed in one in Arizona, in Phoenix. And we stayed mm-hmm. in one in, uh, what's the name of the city? It's in Florida. Wyoming. No, I did almost in no, Florida. you stayed in one in up, Florida, too. I was going to, but then I didn't. I ended up not. Because someone told me that's oh, like, Oh, I thought they, you were. They were like, that, that tiny house is by the railroad tracks in a sketchy area. You probably don't want to stay there. Oh, and someone from Florida okay. told me that. So I was like, okay. okay, I don't feel like getting stabbed. So I uh, I chose not to okay. stay there. <laughs> <laughs> that one. Uh, the other one was in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, was the other one that we stayed in. Okay. But this one's in Joshua. I remember that one. That one, oh, that was I remember beautiful. you sending. I remember you sending me videos of that one. Yeah, that one I think was about 400 square feet, so it's a little bit bigger than this one. But that one was like, I was like, this is almost the size of our first apartment, <laughs> the, last, the, first, the one in Jackson Hole. Uh, but this one was in Jackson, Jackson in Joshua Tree, California, which is mm-hmm. in the desert. It's, it's closer to Palm Springs, which I think is a more, I don't know if, ja- if Joshua Tree or Palm Springs is a more like recognizable city name. You're not a California um, person. Which one would you recognize? Palm, Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah. Okay, so this is just like just north of Palm Springs okay. on the other side of the National Forest, uh, which okay. is the Joshua Tree National Forest. And so we found this tiny home through, there's an account on Instagram called um, Tiny, I think it's, ooh, Tiny House Movement is their name. They're, ooh, they're, I'm going to need to follow them. Uh, Brian Hawkins runs the account. I actually had him on the podcast for a couple of episodes. Oh, cool. And so he posted about this. And I was like, oh, this is close enough. It's about two and a half hours out from LA where we live. So we drove out there and this tiny house was beautiful. Uh, it was, um, it's a two story home. So the bottom floor is the kitchen, a bathroom, like a little living space and a little small table. And then upstairs, there's just a bedroom and then a, uh, a little balcony you can go out on. And uh, it was, it was so well designed. Like it was, it had mm-hmm. this, it's on this, I couldn't figure out why there was like this rabbit theme in the entire, like there's like little rabbit pictures on the wall, yeah. or like statues, like what's going on? So the street it's on is, uh, I think it's. Conejo, which I believe is rabbit in Spanish. Oh, cool. So that's why they chose the that that uh the the theme theme. For the inside. Could you see yourself like permanently living in this specific tiny house? Like the Ooh. layout and the and the storage. I mean, you know, I, I don't know where you'd record podcasts from. That's in a one, one bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a one bedroom tiny house. This one like like a lot of yeah. the tiny homes we've been in, it's been like an open floor plan or like the bedroom's like on the loft. So yeah. When you're in that situation, like there's no blocking sound, like it's gonna travel right. through the whole home. 
I could see myself doing like this was 300 square feet, the home we were in. I could yeah. see myself staying in a like 600 square foot home. Like if I could that's dump, not tiny anymore. I mean, that's pretty tiny, though, still 600 square that's, feet. That's the size of Matt and I's first apartment. We oh, live yeah. there just fine. Yeah, that's true. Our first, our the first apartment we, my wife and I lived in, it was, uh, it was four hundred square feet, like just over four hundred square feet. Oh wow! But thing is, the thing with tidy homes, like they're designed so well, mm-hmm. like you get like a very unique, custom look to them, even though they're yeah. a small footprint. Because like small apartments, like we were literally like in a studio. It was just a big open floor plan. Like there's, there's not, there was nothing yeah. interesting about our first, uh, <laughs> the first home we stayed in. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. Oh, let's see. Ed said right, right. NPR had a segment today about people moving to the desert because houses there cost around $50,000. Yeah, the homes out there were uh, wow. extremely cheap compared to how they are out here. Like we saw a sign like for us in California, this seems like, you know, a big deal. But there was like, oh, home starting in the low 200,000s. And that was like, what? You can get a house, a whole house for $200,000? Oh, but you know, that I, is, I mean, that's like common in Texas. Yeah. You, you live in a different world. We're in California. It's like, a whole other mess of crazy house prices out here. So, but, but anyways, the, the tiny yeah. home. Well, was, where I am, where I am in Texas outside of Houston. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. I think there must be a delay. I think that's why we're interrupting each other. Go for doing? it. Oh, there was a delay. Um, no, the, <laughs> the, the, Area I live in outside of Houston. What? Why are you laughing? Well, Is there a la- delay again? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, basically, all I'm saying is the houses started two hundred thousand dollars. Okay. End of story. <laughs> end of comment. Yeah, we have this weird like it sounds like like a ten second delay almost. Or like at least five what? seconds. I can hear you over there listening to me talking to you. Okay, I'm just gonna go ahead and do the listener shout out real quick. So this listener shout out comes from Karina RR, who said, um, and this was a listener shout. This is from an Apple review on, wait, a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. And she said, Allison Chris found, found in a niche in the saturated personal finance space with this podcast. Found a niche in the saturated personal finance space with this podcast. So she said it's unique and fun. So thank you, Karina for that awesome five-star review. Yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Are we back in sync now, Allison? Can you hear me as I'm talking? I don't think you can. <laughs> so, I have no idea. <laughs> she has I don't no idea think so. All right, so what I will say is that thank you all for joining us here live and also for those of you who are listening to the podcast later on. Uh, Allison is listening to the podcast uh, a few minutes after I'm <laughs> recording what I'm saying right now anyways. Uh, but if you would like to send us your awkward money story, I, you can give us a I call. I hear you. Oh, can you hear me? Are we back in sync now? Oh, no, she can't hear me. It's, it's already... St- oh, no, we're definitely not back in sync. <laughs> if you want to give us a call, you can call You're us at 707. You're going to be editing this a lot. This is going to be so bad. You can give us a call at 707-200-8259. You can leave us a voicemail and let us know. Don't worry, we will not answer this this number if you call. Uh, but yeah, we will keep everyone anonymous. Don't feel like you're going to be, you know, your whole business will be spread over the internet. We'll remove your name and any identifiable information. And uh, we'll go through and discuss it and give you some advice and some takes on how we would handle the situation if we were in it. Uh, Allison, will we wait 20 seconds and let you uh, finish wrapping up the show? Sure. <laughs> Thanks for having us. Talk to you later. Sorry for all the technical difficulties. <laughs>